0: Our first scripture reading this morning is from the 31st chapter of Jeremiah. That's beginning on page 689 of your, in the Old Testament, of your Pew Bible. Page 689, if you'd like to follow along. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 1 through 6. At that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you will be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when sentinels will call in the hill country of Ephraim, Come, let us go to Zion, to the Lord our God. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word.
1: the gospel according to matthew the 28 verse uh, chapter verses 1 through 10 after the sabbath as the first day of the week was dawning mary magdalene and the other mary went to see the tomb and suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the lord descended from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it his appearance was like lightning And his clothing white as snow for fear of him the guard shook and became like dead men but the angel of the Lord said to the women do not be afraid for I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified he is not here for he has been raised as he said come see the place where he lay then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead And indeed, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Join your hearts in prayer, please. May our hearts not be fearing, but may we find ourselves believing. Your word to us on this Easter and every day. He is risen. And all is changed. Amen. Resurrect. To stand again. To resurrect. Resurrect. Insurrect. To stand against. They're easy to confuse. Not as words, we use them correctly, but as a manner of our living. Barabbas was an insurrectionist. He was a guy that they released instead of Jesus. His full story is lost to history. We have no idea where he was from or where he left, but that did not stop the speculation in the 1961 film called Barabbas, starring Anthony Quinn. It was one of those many easily forgettable cinemascope movies that came out in the late 50s and early 60s. They included things like The Robe, or The Greatest Story Ever Told, or Demetrius and the Gladiators, I bet you didn't see that one. It was actually a spin-off from The Robe. And here on Easter, we talk about resurrection. A standing again of those who had been laid to rest. Just two weeks ago, when Jesus was talking to Martha regarding the death of her brother Lazarus, He said, your brother shall rise again. Your brother shall resurrect. Martha responded, I know, he'll rise again at the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Asked Jesus of Martha. And of course, this being Easter, and our being in church, and my being the preacher, you know that it is inevitable for me to raise the question, do you believe this? And equally, because it is Easter and we are in church, we speak the annual answer to the probing question given to Martha, do you believe this? And with the bold font print from the bulletin, we know our line. He is risen, indeed. There you have it. We are believers. We are a resurrection people. We speak it, and so we must also believe it. It must also be true, right? Many years ago, when I was the full-time director of a counseling center, I had no regular Sunday gig my sundays were supposed to be raising money for the counseling center going to churches and doing presentations during coffee hour and i had my little three-part science board and an offering plate there asking for contributions we were after all free unfortunately most sunday mornings i would go and there maybe raise 50 bucks and have eight new clients so the board said do whatever you want on sundays you're just making things worse So as a result, I found myself preaching in a variety of churches. Churches that had no current pastoral leadership, or their pastor was on a sabbatical or on a vacation. And I ended up preaching in Baptist churches, and Lutheran, and Reformed, and Church of the Brethren, and Methodist, and Independent Bible churches, and Disciples of Christ churches. I preached with a translator in a Hispanic Pentecostal fellowship I'm pretty sure that the translator was not preaching the same sermon I was, but what can you do? And in a Korean Presbyterian church also with a translator, who I think translated exactly what I said, given the sheer boredom of the people. (laughs) One spring, I got a call from a congregation in Hobart, Indiana. It was the first Unitarian church of Hobart. Founded in 1848, it is the oldest Unitarian congregation in Indiana. Now, there is an honor. Yeah. There are 17 Unitarian congregations in Indiana, and the oldest, if you ever need this as a good trivia question, is First, Pres- First Unitarian Church of Hobart. The church building was constructed in 1875 and it was the oldest original church building in Hobart. And there are 20. So, this is an honored invitation. Their former pastor had been a friend of mine, and I had preached there a few times when he was out of town, but he had moved to another job, and so they found themselves without a pastor, and it was the end of February, and they were looking forward to the spring, and they asked if I would fill their pulpit on Easter Sunday. Unitarian Church, Easter Sunday. I'll take that bet. So I drove to Hobart that Easter Sunday morning, and I don't know how much you know about Unitarians, but while they're really, really into spring, I mean really into spring, when it comes to resurrection and empty tomb stuff, they're significantly more, shall we say, restrained. I agreed, and there I was, and their skepticism in my presence was easily explained by the member of the congregation whose job it was to introduce me. She listed my credentials, my degrees, and my current position, and offered them a brief biography, and then concluded her introduction of me by saying, and so, good Unitarians of Hobart, Indiana, this being Easter, our pulpit committee thought it would be fun to have as our guest preacher somebody who believes all that stuff. (laughs) Pastor (laughs) Krogh! I will forever be grateful for that introduction because the Christianly difference that is Easter had never been expressed to me quite so starkly. Since then, I've always wrestled each and every Easter with that introduction. What does it mean to believe all that stuff? When it comes to the Gospel accounts, what we think of as the narrative of the crucifixion, beginning with the Last Supper and moving through the Garden, all of those little elements are kind of a patchwork of pieces that are found scattered through the gospels not all four gospels carry the same narrative from beginning to end but what all four accounts do share is the betrayal by judas peter's denial of jesus the trial before pilate and his sentencing to death on the cross with the charge king of the jews and additionally all four gospels confirm that he died and was buried in a tomb. They also share the same evidence of an empty tomb, or celebration of Easter. It's found in all four Gospels. They're consistent testimonies. But curiously enough, there's one more element found in all four Gospels that doesn't often rise to our attention on Easter Sunday, and that is the release of Barabbas. All four Gospels thought it important enough to remind us that Barabbas was released. So whatever else we say about Easter, there's something about Barabbas that is contained in all of that stuff which we believe. And as I said, we know next to nothing about the man who was released that day. We do know this, that there were three crucifixions planned for that Friday no matter what three were going to be crucified there were the two side criminals we call them thieves on the cross but given that the sentence was crucifixion the word thief is a profound understatement you didn't find yourself crucified for stealing a candy bar There are three Greek words which can be translated as thief. There's kleptos, from which we get the word kleptomaniac. You know, that kind of stealing. And then there is a second level, which is harpax. That's someone who steals more overtly. Think of a holdup. You see the person who's stealing from you, but they don't injure you. The third is listes. And Lestes is a kind of robber who executes everybody in the house before they ransack the place and clear out everything. One Greek scholar helps you remember these by saying, think sneaky, grabby, and stabby. The word for thieves on the cross were the third kind. They were the stabbies. They were murderous, violent men who, given the sentence of death by crucifixion, had clearly been murderous and violent towards Roman officials. Some have translated this sense as terrorists. By the way, the word least is the same word that is used in the story of the good Samaritan. Remember, he's the one that's walking down the road and he is attacked by he's attacked by a least. So the fact that he is robbed and beaten to near death is the weight of that word. Someone who is not only Stealing, but doing great violence. We know that there were three crosses, and the three crosses had been prepared even before Jesus arrived for his trial. That third cross, that center stage cross, was prepared for Barabbas. The most murderous of the three. He was kind of the ringleader of the other two, we can conclude, because usually criminals were crucified together around the same crimes that had been committed. Barabbas had been charged with murderous insurrection. That's why all four Gospels remember him. His death sentence had made possible the expedience of Jesus' own execution, Pilate did not have a warehouse full of extra crosses. Go grab me a 24B cross, he's about 160 pounds. No, the crosses were prepared and there was great fanfare associated with the process of erecting the tools of execution. It had already taken place, but it had taken place for Barabbas the people knew that the third cross was going to be occupied, and Pilate gave them a choice. Are you going to execute the insurrectionist or the resurrectionist? Are you going to release the One who is fighting against Rome on your behalf for grand and glorious political and social liberation? Or are you going to kill the One who said, And on the third day, I will rise again. What does it mean to believe all that stuff? It means an absurd willingness to lay aside our desire to rise against. To walk away from hostility from anger, from hate, from impatience, and intolerance. Insurrection believes that our enemies must be eliminated in order for us to win. Insurrectionists means that our being on top requires the annihilation of our opponents. Insurrection dehumanizes the opposition and celebrates their humiliation to confirm our vindication. In a low-level and seething kind of way, insurrection is that tiny, little, happy part of me that rises up every time I read a story about someone I don't like saying something stupid. That's the embers of insurrection. To proclaim resurrection, however, is a different cry. To believe that stuff, to believe this stuff, is to suggest that the one who commanded us to love one another, who taught us to love our neighbors, who even had the audacity to suggest that we are to love our enemies, that is the one who stands again. To believe all this stuff is to live beyond the pettiness of prestige and power politics To proclaim, I believe in the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall not die. That to believe this stuff means that we are dedicated to the proposition that getting even never settles the score. It's not only just giving up that little insurrectionist piece of us that wants to see those whom we don't like suffer and fail. It is also realizing the truth about ourselves because our own insurrectionist self wants to rise up and be on top and win. But it lets us know that we are not the savior we are only the servants it takes away the pressure from within to rescue it takes away the anger from without to oppose and it allows us to be embraced by that glorious haunting sometimes unbelievable news that the resurrection and the life true. To believe all that stuff is to quiet in us our insurrections and receive instead Christ's resurrection. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Please stand and with me join in the ancient words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ His only Son, Seen by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell End as we began with the words declared since the first Easter. He is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Amen.